Christmas. Ooh. Happy holidays. All right, everyone. Welcome to Shaking and Disturbed. No, that was not in sync. No, that was not oh, Mandross. No, that wasn't Mariah oh. Carey. Adjust your sets, people, because this is, this is Daddy Carp on the move oh, for Shaking and Disturbed with Mama Bear John Thrasher. John, I have immediately up top holiday oh. bone to pick with you. I didn't oh, even shit. put this on okay. the agenda because I didn't want you to be prepared for this. Oh, God. Okay. I'm scared. Even though you identify as a gay man, you still do, right? You're still gay? As far as I am as far as far I can tell, yeah. Okay. Last we checked. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know. Last I, che- last I checked. Last I checked. Last we checked. Last we checked. Um, here's why you're a misogynist. Okay. Oh, I go to okay. my mailbox today. Yeah. Okay. Go to my mailbox today. Mm, I love that okay. you're like already prepared for it. Go to my mailbox <laughs> today. I have set because several friends sending me their Christmas holiday cards. Obviously, you know, popular. Uh I get Uh three in the mail and everything is like Darren Carp Nadine, Darren Carp Nadine. Then we get John's and it says Darren Carp. No, it does not. Are you serious? I thought for sure I did. Nadine. No mention of Nadine. And frankly, I didn't show Nadine because I didn't want her to be upset. (laughs) I I wanted to continue doing this podcast. I didn't want her to find a reason to hate you even more than she does. And I want the audience to know that clearly Clearly, you hate women. That's so untrue. I've never I'm had a shocked. better example. Never I'm, had a better example. I am shocked right now because I always make sure I say my friend plus boyfriend, <laughs> girlfriend, whatever. <laughs> I can't believe that. I must Partner, not have love written, of my life. Yeah, whatever. Okay. yeah, whatever. Tell Nadine, I'm so sorry. That was not intentional I don't whatsoever. Even know if I can bring it up to her, John. But you know, you that is a holiday. It is an interesting thing because it's like, yeah, what do you do? What does what's the what's the acceptable, you know, right? Protocol if you were anyone here? else, would I take offense to this? You know, did like, you like without showing everybody? Because I think other people are. Did you like the holiday card that you received? Do you think that I would or I wouldn't? I think you would. Obviously. All I'll say, all I'll say, I'm going to post it in our Patreon and our Facebook groups closer to the to Christmas. Uh, it, it features magic and that's all I can say. And that's the only thing you need to know. Cause it could feature magic in any single art form. And I would have loved it anyway. Oh, well, thank but you. But it's going I'm on glad the fridge. You got it, though. And of course I'm just joking. We know you hate women and I'm still going to continue. Thank you. I'm glad you, anyway. I'm glad you're aware. Yeah. So thank you. I th- figured this is the last recording we have for, for the holidays. That's so right. Just it keep, is. I wanted to leave people in the new year knowing <laughs> who you were and the type of abuse I've okay. been suffering all year oh. long. Yeah, I was just going to say on that note, we mentioned this on NMR, but just a little programming note here from us. Yes, this is our last full episode of the year. We will be releasing episodes on uh, the coming Sundays. They will not be flashback episodes, or at least that's the plan. Um, But they will be little surprises, a little holiday surprise for you guys in the coming weeks. And then we'll be back after New Year's with brand new episodes. So we're going to take a couple a couple of days off from recording and enjoy our time and our family and stuff like that. But we've got some stuff coming for you guys. So yeah, and today, be on the lookout. To, today we have a really interesting case before I get to that. In case you don't listen to our NMR, just want to say in our show notes right now is a link to me and Darren, John's friend, Darren, my friend, Darren's game show, which is happening in West Hollywood, California on January 18th, 75 minutes, super fun. You win prizes, you win games. It's going to be you great can, if you, Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. Sorry. I was just going to say, but you're, you said on NMR, you could win up to like, you know, some money here. 
350 bucks. Okay. You, can, you can really walk away with some I'm serious sure. cash. Now, listen, if I show up in the audience, I've been to one of your shows. I think it was your very first one, if I'm not mistake, mistaken. If I show up, do I have an equal opportunity? Are you an equal opportunity game show host? Definitely. To be point. on the stage and win your money? Because I would like to come recoup that. I won't re- cheat for that. anyone, and everyone will get a fair shot as long as okay. you put your name in the... In the bucket, wheel of death. You know, as long as you <laughs> the your, wheel of death, we're workshop, we're workshopping, workshopping that. You'll work we're on that. We're workshopping it. Yeah, um, yeah. But yes, you have an equal opportunity. So check it out in Lovely. our show notes. Okay, but wonderful. John, let's get to this week's case. Yes. But I know you wanted to note something just up top for our listeners. So take it away. Yeah. So this week's episode um, was actually suggested to me uh, by a very good friend of mine, Sarah. Shout out, Sarah. Um, and it hits really close to home for me in some ways, and we're going to get into that. But one of the ways is that the victim went to uh, the same college that I went to near my hometown, where I went my freshman year, um, and have some mutual friends. As I mentioned, um, Sarah knows somebody who knew this person, and um, I'll have more to say about all this at the end of the episode. But I wanted to like kind of caveat that right here at the top because I may mention from time to time some things that are connected and, and more frank- personal to you. Yeah, and are a little more personal. And like you're going to hear a lot about like the television industry, which Darren and I are, of course, a big part of. Um, so yeah, we want to. I just wanted to mention that right up top, and then I'll have more um, at the bottom at the end of the episode. Well, thank you for that. Shall we get into yeah. this week's case? Johnny yeah, let's Boy. do it. Let's get into it. On September 30th, 2018, 26-year-old Terrence Woods Jr. was dropped off at the airport by his father and namesake Terrence Senior. You're a Junior, senior, fifth, sixth, eighth thrasher, aren't you, John? I am the fifth, and it, which is very crazy. And one of my first was like probably born in like the mid 1800s. I so I I can tell you exactly when he was born because I have it in my daughter. Yeah, how far back does that go? Oh, I don't have the year. Um, but oh, 1888. Wow, the year the Brooklyn Bridge was established. Oh, okay. That didn't really, maybe he helped. I know because it started, it was, it uh, opened on my birthday in 1888, which was a hundred years before I was born. So that's how I remember that. Yeah. So he was born in 1888 and lived until 1950. So he was around for a while, but there was, yeah, five of us, not at one time. You know, that's only 62. There were four of us. What's that? It's not that long. 62. Oh, 1888 to 1950. Oh, 72. 72? Uh, uh, no. No, 62. 62. You're right. You're right. 62. Shit, that's not that long. Well, anyway, John, 1888 sounded like a long time ago, but yeah, you're I right. I know. If you're like born in the age, like he lived to 1888 to 1902. 1902. Like, that's five years. Anytime yeah. you cross the millennial. Yeah, that's true. You know, you kind of you kind of By the way, it, so. I've said this a million times on the show. Don't ask me to do math on the show. No, it's no. just not. That's One last thing, too, before we, we, we go on, Darren. I have a, if you guys are watching as a sussy radish, uh, on our Patreon feed, I have a lens flare in my computer this week I that I'm that. I'm not an gonna edit. Yeah, it's an Shining angel. down on you. This is a, do the thumbs up. Did you can you do the th- oh, thumbs yeah. up? Is this it? gonna work? There we yep. go. Hey everybody, if you're watching Easy. Sussy Radishes, it's so weird. it just got okay. dark. It just, it just got dark. <laughs> Wait, there was supposed to be like uh, you know celebrations and fireworks, and it just made me really dark. Okay, anyway, Darren, keep going here because we've got a lot to get to. Well, from a young age, Terrence Jr. stood out for his intelligence and work ethic. He'd gone to school to work in television and had worked extensively, neither of which you and I did, by the way, and had worked extensively on various UK <laughs> television true. shows while he was studying in London, earning his master's. 
I always say the UK just at great formats. I'm obsessed with that show, Naked Attraction. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I want to just mention really, really quickly here to to add to this because he uh, actually went to Frostburg State University, which is where I went my freshman year of college, and is only five minutes from my hometown. And um, that's how I am connected here because his a friend of his is a friend of mine, and they all went to Frostburg. Did you as know well. him personally, or just no, no, no? He's up? he's much younger than I am, um, and was not there my freshman year. He was probably, I was probably like a senior, or maybe even graduated by the time he was at um, at Frostburg State. I have to get the exact dates. Um, Got it. And and just to update, but yeah, so he did go to Frostburg State. So that's my other connection here as well. Well, so he's his father's hugging him goodbye before he boarded his flight, before Terrence Jr. boards his flight. And he recalls being filled with joy and pride that his son had accomplished so much. Terrence Jr. was heading out on a work-related trip to Idaho where he was to work as a production assistant, a PA, as they say, on a London-based production company called Raw TV. He was hired as a production assistant for the popular Discovery Channel show, Gold Rush. I remember Gold Rush. Okay. I don't really remember it, but. Yeah. I remember, um, I watched some mystery shows um, and I remember the promos for it. Gotcha. So all footage for the show would be shot on location in the remote Idaho wilderness. And the shoot began on October 1st, 2018. It was going to last several weeks, as they tend to, taking place in a number of locations between Montana and Idaho, ending in mid-November. Gotta be fucking cold during this time. Not as cold <laughs> yeah. as it would be in January, but definitely starting to be pretty cold. Sure. Now, it felt like the beginning of an exciting new chapter of his career and the start of the rest of Terrence's life. In reality, however, it was the last moment his father and son would ever share together. It's heartbreaking. As yeah. even years later, Terrence Jr. has yet to return home to his family. I can't fucking imagine this. Yeah, this this these details get really bizarre here. So basically, after spending less than a week on set, Terrence would disappear under mysterious circumstances, allegedly running into the woods, never to be seen again. Now, Terrence, Jun Terrence Woods Jr. was born on October 24th, 1991 to his parents, Terrence Sr. and Valerie Wood in Capitol Heights, Maryland, which is not far from where I grew up as well. Now, from a young age, Terrence had a passion for media and film. The Woods were a loving, close-knit family, and Terrence's dreams were passionately supported by his parents and his three siblings. As we mentioned, he went on to study journalism at University of Maryland, and shortly after graduating in 2013, he moved to London, where he began studying film at the American International University. Overseas, his talents earned him positions at broadcasting companies such as BBC and ITV, working Huge. on popular, massive. yeah, totally massive ones, uh, working on popular shows such as The Voice UK. Now, in 2018, just a few years ago, he moved back to the States to continue his work as a freelance filmmaker, primarily working on documentaries. And his career allowed him to travel extensively, which he loved. And he'd often find himself in challenging environments and stressful situations, which according to past co-workers, he always handled with ease. Now, this is a really important detail here. We're going to get into what exactly happened in Idaho, but it's important to note that his past co-workers had said he had always handled with, you know, this stuff with ease. So in the mid in mid 2018, Terrence was offered a job as a production assistant, as we mentioned, for a UK based company called uh production company, I'm sorry, company called Raw TV. Yeah. Now, Raw hired Terrence to work on their documentary series, Gold Rush, which Darren mentioned, which was going to be airing on Discovery Channel. He flew out of Reagan International Airport in Arlington, Virginia. I've done that a million times myself. 
uh, to Montana, where he would be meeting up with the rest of the crew on their first filming day, which was meant to be on October 1st. When he landed, he made sure to give his parents a call to let them know that he had arrived safely. Um, And on October 5th, he called his father again, actually, to let him know that he had gotten into his hotel in Elk City, Idaho. Now, the 12-person production crew would be filming about an hour away at an abandoned mine called Mm. Penman Mine, nestled deep into the 2.2 million acres of wilderness of the, I hope I'm saying this right, Nez Perce or Nez Perce National Forest. Have you ever heard of this? I haven't heard of that national forest, no. I mean, it makes sense because it's gold rush, so obviously they're mining for gold. So obviously this is going to be kind of in a different environment for these shows, especially how History Channel does it. So Terrence continued to communicate with his father almost daily, updating him on his whereabouts, sounding happy, presumably normal. Everything seemed fine. But his father would be shocked when he received another text from his son only two hours later, informing informing him that he'd be returning home almost a month early on October 10th. Now, remember, he had just gone out. So yeah, seems a little odd. I mean, it started on October 1st. He's barely been out there for a week. Right. Confused, his father tried to ask what had changed so suddenly but he never received a reply. And you know, it's funny because whenever you hear about these things, you're always like, how did you not receive a reply? Like, how did you, like, you're asking your son this, how did you not go about it? But conversations were very nuanced. Yeah, Who knows course. what the son said? Now that same day, Terrence joined the production crew along with two locals to Penman Mines for a day of filming. According to one of his coworkers, Terrence suffered a panic attack that morning as they were preparing to leave the hotel. Throughout the day, he exhibited other strange behaviors, such as attempting to grab a drone that was being used to film while it was mid-flight and seemingly being unable to do basic tasks that had usually been part of his job. Now, for those who don't know, PAs do very basic tasks, you know, running to get coffee. They set things up. They're doing any tasks and everything. That it's like yeah. kind of any and everything. They're just like the <clears throat> handyman of the set. You know, anytime right. they're needed a pair of hands, they do it. And as they were wrapping up at around 5.30 p.m., Terrence told one of his coworkers that he needed to relieve himself in the bushes before they made the long trek back to Elk City. Doesn't seem that out of normal for men to do this. Yeah. Men pee, men pee everywhere. Well, that's true. As a man, I can tell you, we do pee everywhere. But I will say, too, this is also a weird thing because this is a professional set. So they should absolutely have trailers or some sort of bathroom situation where they can go and use the bathroom. You know, this isn't, you know, I, I this might be obvious. So I hope I'm not sounding too obvious. And Darren and I can attest to this. Like, a lot of this stuff sounds, you know, exciting. They're in the mines. They're, you know, but all of this oh, is hurry up so, and wait. Me. Yeah. it is. And, and, and all of this is so planned out and professional, at least I'm assuming and professional and, uh, and very strategic. So the fact, I think it's a very weird scenario that he's saying not only to a coworker, I have to go pee, but then he's going to go do it in the bushes. That's a weird detail when you're on a professional set, even in the middle of of Idaho. That, I'm just going right. to put that out there. Although, you know, to me, like boys will be boys. And like, what if it's so remote that there's no like whatever? Yeah. I mean, I would imagine there would be a place to relieve yourself because you're there all day. But who knows? But what's interesting yeah. here is Terrence kind of didn't walk towards the bushes. I mean, he walked towards oh, he walked away towards a cliff where he popped his headset on the ground and began climbing down the cliff. In that moment, the crew manager, Simon, recalls feeling a strong gut feeling to look over to where Terrence had walked off. And sometimes that just happens. You get a feeling. Terrified that the young man had just fallen off the cliff, Simon ran over to peer over and called to him. Looking down into the clearing, Simon saw Terrence sprinting into the woods, disappearing into the rugged, heavy forestation. 
Now, some crew members jumped in their vehicle to try and intercept him at the main road, while others attempted to run after him. According to the crew, however, neither group was able to catch up with him. Then they drove to the nearest house where they called the authority, authorities excuse me, to notify them of the incident. Now, this is, you know, especially it's recent, under the gun, you're on a production set, anything that kind of goes wrong, people are going to hear about it. There's lawsuits up to Wazoo everywhere. So obviously, yeah. you know, this isn't just a bunch of friends. These are his, these are his coworkers, co-workers trying to yeah. get him. Of course, they're going to feel an obligation to report it, find him, do everything that they can. So, yeah. you know, there would be multiple lawsuits kind of coming out if none of this did happen. You know, if everyone had a different record of what happened, it wouldn't be totally. so definitive. Yeah. yeah, and we should mention too, like just just to cover the legal part of this is that Raw TV has no, you know, involvement with his disappearance. And we need to make that super clear as well. Definitely. I will say though, I mean, the way this is described, and I've 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 read up on this case as well. I've read some quotes and things like that. So I'm pretty familiar with it. I I just okay, so I'm see okay, imagining imagine you're seeing your coworker sprinting. Okay, you're on the set, you know, Darren. Let's put ourselves there, I guess, for a moment. And you see a coworker kind of like climb down or whatever and start sprinting into the woods. Why then would everybody, everybody in the crew start chasing him? It does seem like if I saw that seemed a little sussy, I would certainly yell or tell someone. I'd be like, hey, yeah. Tell a supervisor. It seems weird that people go after and chase him. I sort of get trying to see if he's in a car, but. I don't know. I I, I don't know if they just felt weird about him. Yeah, that could be you know, it too. Maybe that I don't was, know, especially yeah. for him trying to grab drones into the sky. That does feel like yeah, pretty odd behavior. I mean, if you suffered a panic attack, who knows? You kind of have a mental break. It does seem a little yeah off. Well, and also if he's having a panic attack and he's acting weird, I'm also wondering why anyone was letting him continue to work. Like maybe he needed a moment. Who knows exactly? I mean, we don't know obviously what exactly was going on with him. That's the whole point here. Right. But... It's also he's a PA. People aren't necessarily right. looking at PA so much. He's just an extra head set of hands. He's not managing anyone. You know, he's being managed. Yeah, exactly. It was in a remote shoot. They probably needed people. Who knows? Yeah, there's a lot of contributing Thousands factors of here. Things. Right. Yeah, that we just won't know the answers to because we weren't there. But it's just, you know, I'm just shocked that everybody started chasing him. I don't know. That just seems odd to me. But nonetheless, for the next six days, massive search parties would be held with hundreds of people showing up to scour the area, including two canine search units and a helicopter with infrared heating heat sensing cameras, Hmm. which you you would imagine would easily be able to find him, right? So several days into the search, a cold front blew in, unfortunately, bringing snow and icy rains to further complicate the search. And after a full week of searching, the efforts were scaled back after no trace of Terrence was found. Following the incident, the other 11 crew members and two local tour guides were interviewed. The manager of the crew told authorities that on the morning of his disappearance, Terrence told him that he needed to return home early because his mother had fallen very ill and needed to get potentially life-threatening surgery. But in reality, Valerie Woods was in good health. Now, this is interesting because- This seems like a psychotic break from everything. I mean, this seems like he's not living in reality to me. Yeah, I I mean- It's hard to know. It is. And like at this point, I'm also thinking, okay, so he's lying. You know, if this is true, let's take it for face value. The manager did an interview here and said this. Then, and to me, he's trying to get out of this job and he's trying to get out of town. And so what is his motivation for that? Um, 
yeah. you know, I don't know, but let's keep going here and we'll keep thinking. But like I said, in reality, his mother was in good health. So other coworkers gave various accounts of Terrence's mental health state. Some said he was extremely anxious and distracted, while others just said he was quiet and kept to himself. Hmm. But those two things can be this, you know, can can be the well, same depending person. Depending on how much you're interacting yeah, with someone exactly. in a meeting, I might be completely different than if you and I are just hanging out. So 100%. context is very important for these types of things. Yeah. Um, Terrence's journal was also inspected in hopes of finding any clues as to why he would have run off. Investigators found entries where he would express how tired he was of traveling and he wanted to go home to his family. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying he didn't write this by any means. I'm just going to bring up that I do sometimes wonder about these investigators looked at the journal and the diary. And I'm like, did you did? Are we a hundred percent sure he wrote this? And what are we supposed to really, you know, what validity do we take from someone's journal anyway? I mean, you we, know, we don't, we don't know that he. I, I would be shocked if he didn't write something. I mean, that no, I know, I'm not even someone would write him, it. But, but I mean, like, yeah, we can't know for sure. But you know, journal entries often are based on very emotionally exactly. charged yeah. things to get you to write in the first place. It's hard to think that maybe right. ten minutes later he would have thought the same thing. But yeah, it's hard. To yeah, think. you know, it's just I, I never, it. I don't love going to a journal as part of an evidence. Yeah. But I mean, maybe it could in some cases. But anyway, uh, so anyway, the police came to the conclusion that while Terrence's disappearance was in fact odd, there was simply no foul play involved. They believe that Terrence had suffered some sort of mental breakdown, and after running off, he managed to escape via the main road, completely leaving the search area. Hmm. This would have required him to run through an incredibly mountainous and dangerous terrain with steep hills, hidden cliffs, and overgrown trees, all without harming himself or his co-workers catching up to him. The Woods family has expressed strong opposition to this conclusion. They claimed Terrence had no history of mental health issues whatsoever and had always been ecstatic to work any sort of film-related job, making his sudden change of heart completely out of the ordinary. Terrence's uh, concerning early morning text message set off alarm bells in their head, in fact, that something had happened in those two hours to make him change his mind so quickly. And I think this is really important, too, because... Right. What in those two in that two hour time frame exactly was happening in his life? I think, you know, the as much as as the crew can, they should go and try to detail every single moment that they can to try to figure something else out there. I mean, maybe they have, by the way, I'm not saying they have it, but if I'm an investigator, I'm looking at those two hours in particular. And it does seem a little odd that he would be so I mean, it's possible he missed home. I mean, being a PA is not easy, you know, and it's very yeah. laborious, but. Right. It, but he also studied abroad in right. the UK, so it makes me feel like he—it's not like he's a homebody. You know, he's <laughs> yeah, clearly capable of going off and doing all these things. So, right, right. I don't necessarily over. I mean, he might have missed them that day because maybe he was being treated poorly. But I, I don't buy the fact that it's like, oh yeah, like he was just so scared to be away from his family that he like ran yeah. off. That just—I don't, I don't, I don't. That doesn't sound right, even though I know nothing about it except what we're presented today. Right. Well, and so Terrence's family have also implied that race may have potentially been a factor here, as Terrence was the only black person on the production crew. And the Woods family has also strongly criticized the police for not doing everything that they can uh, or that they could have during the investigation. And there's I mean, some that has details. To be so hard. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, according to authorities, several crew members were allowed in and out of Terrence's hotel room after he had run off. Insane. Absolutely I mean, insane. It's a crime scene. I mean, or it's, it's something, you know, you it's think a sealed off area that they that they would have clues for. You well, know, when so, someone's been when someone's disappeared into the woods, like, of course, you know, I think about the John Benny Ramsey case and how like people were just hanging out in and no, out. I know. There, yeah, coming you know? in, yeah. cleaning up, Clorox wiping, you know. So <laughs> exactly. They Jesus. claim this was to gather items of clothing for the search dogs to get a scent off of. But this allowed the possibility of potential evidence being contaminated or removed altogether. I mean, either way, like you grab one item of clothing and then you leave. Why are they in and out? Right. Doesn't make any sense. No. So allegedly the crew manager, Simon, did not like Terrence. He had been impressed with Terrence's resume and high accolades, but was not impressed with his performance on set the few days he was there. Raw TV, of course, has denied that any of the production crew had expressed any dissatisfaction with Terrence on a personal or professional level. Now, upon receiving his son's luggage back after his disappearance, Terrence Sr. noticed something just odd. There were no dirty clothes inside the suitcase, almost as if he had never changed his clothes in the six days he had been gone. Everything was folded neatly, just as it had been when he packed for the trip. He did find, however, a pair of mud-soaked shoes. But again, you're in a mine, so maybe that's par for the course. I know, but everything's being folded neatly and clean, and then you find mud-soaked shoes? Like, while the missing dirty clothes could possibly be explained by the clothing being used for search dogs, of course, they had items returned, but not nearly the amount of clothing he would have needed for for a full six days. Mm -hmm. They have also criticized authorities for not acquiring a subpoena to search Terrence's phone and laptop, which he had left behind. Which I think is also weird because if he's on set, I mean, Darren, think of all the sets we go to and and have been on. Like, yeah, it, it, it's you're not going to be on your phone, but typically you have your phone at least on you, right? Especially, you know. It would have given some sort of clue. I mean, for them not to subpoena it at all seems very odd. Yeah, and it's estimated that nearly 1,000 people go missing in national parks every year. As we just mentioned, by the way, in a recent episode of the Yosemite National Park Murders, and coincidentally, Terrence was not the only person to disappear that day in the Nez Perce Forest. About huh. 45 miles north of where Terrence and the Gold Rush crew were filming, a retired wilderness ranger named Connie Johnson also vanished under mysterious circumstances. Connie worked as a cook at a hunter's lodge in the Nez Perce Forest, where she had been hosting a group of hunters since October 2nd. When the party returned to the lodge for the evening on October 5th, both Connie and her beloved dog were missing. Her car remained parked in front of the cabin, and all of her personal belongings, such as her purse, keys, and medication, were still inside. I just got a flashback to um, Shanann Watts, Chris Watts's wife. Yeah. You know, one of the things that really gave away that Chris did something to her was the her best friend came over and found all of the kids... Uh, medications and phone and stuff in her purse still in the house. Right. Which makes it seem they weren't going away on a camping trip. Exactly. Exactly. So much like Terrence, no sign of Connie was ever found. And to this day, she remains missing as well. So many have speculated that perhaps, excuse me, perhaps the two cases could be connected. Although authorities have dismissed this theory. I mean, why would you dismiss this theory? I mean, it's a theory. First of all, it's not, that doesn't really just happen like that. Right. At least I wouldn't dismiss it. I wouldn't necessarily buy it either, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't dismiss it. Let's not dismiss it. Yeah. There's no evidence, you know, there's no evidence to continue with her or for him, but 
you know, for him, Terrence's case has gone cold, sadly. With few answers coming from law enforcement, internet sleuths around the world have taken to online forums to share uh, forums, excuse me, to share their theories as to what might have exactly happened to Terrence, as we are doing here as well. Popular theories include that Terrence actually injured himself in the harsh wilderness and tragically was likely eaten by one of the many apex predators local to the area, such as mountain totally lions. Totally possible. You slip, you fall, you hurt your leg, you can't move, you're dying, or you slip and fall and you die and you're being eaten. Yeah, totally. Such as mountain lions or black bears. So others have even suggested that Terrence's disappearance, along with the numerous others in that territory, was the result of evil supernatural forces that led him to his death, which I knew was coming, but... That I buy a little less, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, while some theories remain more fact-based than others, the truth is we actually may never know for sure what happened. Terrence's family, especially his father, remained vocal that they believe foul play and racism were the cause of his disappearance, although... Hard to prove that. You can only speculate. They feel that something sinister had taken place during the hours of 4 a.m. and 6 a.m., which caused Terrence to feel uncomfortable and unsafe continuing on set. The Woods family has said that they believe Terrence was not mentally ill or unstable, but rather that he was, in fact, the victim of a crime. Almost yearly, Terrence Sr. has given interviews urging the public to not give up the fight for justice and answers as to what happened to Terrence Woods Jr. Today, Terrence would have been 31. And to this day, his room at home remains untouched and left exactly how he left it. Mm. Terrence's case, unfortunately, remains open, but not active, according to authorities. If you have any information regarding Terrence's disappearance or whereabouts, please contact the North Idaho County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, I mean, what a really tragic situation here. I mean, you know. And that's really tough because everything seemed to be going normal. And then you just don't know. Let's say there's two hours, four hours of... You know, especially if you have no history of mental illness, that doesn't also mean that you aren't having a mental breakdown in some sort of way, or he wasn't vocal with his parents. Not to say that they're lying. I'm just saying that they might not be aware of everything that's going on. Maybe there was pressure for him to succeed and he couldn't come out to his parents. We don't know. That's the problem is that there's a thousand million reasons of something that could have happened to him. Just as many that say foul play, the same thing says that he died you know by falling down the fucking cliff and getting eaten by animals i mean that's a sad thing yeah totally and i mean you know the reality is i think you know there are so many cases that we talk about on the show with missing people or just cold cases where the reality is we don't have all the information i want to you know what's going on with his phone i mean the things that you can find on people's phones now the the forensics of 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 a phone can probably answer a lot of these questions, I would imagine. But you locate authorities, something or something, you know, text. Yeah, locate. Friends. See what your text. See what apps he's on. See what uh, you know, what his most recent searches were. None of that was done, apparently. Um, so it's just really tragic because there's weird. there's so much probably information that could maybe even still be sitting on that on that phone or that laptop. I mean, that's exactly where I would go. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's locked in some capacity. Um, you know, with the privacy settings and security settings, but you know, they did they look at that? that? You know, they could get you can. Yeah, some that, most of the time there know? are there. It's there's a, there are ways, but anyway, I just wanted to mention one final thing here as we wrap up this episode. I've actually been in touch with Terrence's family, Terrence uh, Senior, in hopes of getting a few more answers, uh, questions answered, I should say, and frankly, in hopes of distributing the latest and most up-to-date information regarding his disappearance. As most of you guys know, these uh, cases are ongoing and they 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 are fluctuating and they're, 
you know, every day could be a different situation um, or more information comes out. So um, I will provide an update on a future episode whenever uh, I hear back from from the family. I should mention I, I'm waiting to uh, send some of my thoughts and information over to them before, um, you know, b- before I, I respond, because I just want to be very sensitive to this is what I'm trying to of say. Course. So actually, we want to hear your theories too. Like, yeah, let us know what you guys think as well of this, or even yeah. theories that at least we could present, but it is, it just seems very yeah. odd that the police wouldn't get the computer and cell phone. I mean, that, that yeah. is the biggest evidence for me that some kind of foul play went on. Right. Um, but I don't know. But yeah, let us know what you think at Carpe Darren at Jay Thrasher. Yeah. And of course, Shaken and Disturbed podcast fans. John, thanks for bringing that case to life. Yeah. Um, and thanks again um, to Sarah for bringing this yeah, thank up. Thank you, and Sarah. Hopefully we'll hear more or I can hopefully we'll, I can give a bonus episode soon. Darren and I can talk through some of the other details from both his friends and his family. Hopefully they can add even more light to this really uh, you know tragic case. Let's end on a positive note here. Shout out to Denise, Roxana, Mitz, and others who have shared their Patreon gifts on social. Oh, yeah. We hope you guys are enjoying your shirts and posters. Someone <laughs> posts I'm blanking today with their cat and dog. The cat is in the That's box. Right. The dog's holding the poster. So freaking cute. Yep. Huge fan. Yeah, thanks, Denise. That was amazing. We love it. Yes. And also shout out to Hannah and some others who've tagged us in your Spotify wrapped yes. social media posts. We love seeing that we're the top show. I know one of you guys, I'm forgetting, I think it was Hannah, had us, like 180 hours of us per day. It was like, like martinis no. and murder and shaken and disturbed, like 9,000 minutes. I'm like, that's yeah, way crazy. too much hearing us talk about the stuff we talk about. But I really appreciate that. So we both us do. Too. Um, and finally, please do consider supporting us here on Pat- or over on Patreon. It's a great way to get tons of bonus content. We have all kinds of goodies on there, including photos, polls, and bonus episodes. Um, you can go and see a picture of David Archuleta that my friend saw him and posted more on that on NMR. If you haven't heard that yet. Um, and if you join our top tier as a sussy radish, you get this podcast episode ad free and in video form. So you can see our pretty little holiday faces. It's the best way to support us and keep the show going. So thank you in advance. That's patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. Wanted to wish a very happy holiday to everyone for the end of the year. Happy New Year. We're so excited to be back for 2024. I want to add. Great. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I want to just add one last thing about Terrence. You can go to his, there's an Instagram account. It's called Find Terrence Woods. And it's run, I believe, by his family. I think it's his dad, actually. That's that's what I'm understanding. And it has all the information, a link tree with all the different things that you can go. Like, you know, honestly, so many cases can be solved, could potentially be solved by podcasts. This is why Darren and I do this, because maybe there's a chance that putting it out there in the world, people can make sense of it in a way that none of us, none of us can. So check that out. I'll put it in the show notes as well. But Darren, yes, thank you for letting me jump in there. And say of that. course, <laughs> that's a great resource. It, it, that's incredible. Please, anything right. that you guys have or just want to talk about it, we are open. But uh, yes, happy holidays and happy, happy holidays to, to everyone. We hope it's a very relaxing end of your near your year. Excuse me. We cannot wait <laughs> to be back in 2024. We are going to be covering Love Has Won. The yep. Mother God Cult Doc. That's on right. Max, as soon as we're back. So go watch try that. in the next few weeks to uh, watch that and catch up because you're definitely going to want to see it. So thanks, and, everyone, for an incredible, incredible year. And we can't wait to see you in the new year. And we love you so much. Check your freshies. And I got to do it once more. Check your brake pads without pants because you don't need, dare I say it, in 2023 to 2024, a penis. Okay. Bye. We'll see you guys next time. Happy Bye. holidays. <laughs>